2: FX's
1: Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu.
0: (laughs) Tony, I I just wanted to say to you before we begin that you've been doing a terrific job. And uh, just jump in whenever you
2: want.
3: Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I will. And I'm so prepared for today's show.
2: Well, you know, you had only like one thing to prepare.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would like to just stay positive about Tony's contribution. Good job, Tony. Keep going. <laughs>
2: Thank you. <laughs> feels like there's something else going on there.
4: <laughs> Not at all.
2: Because it feels that way.
4: No. No. Okay. I'm... Rain in Spain.
2: Oh, okay. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California. So can I
3: speak up right now? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> about What? I, I just she- wanted to clear... I like parameters and guidelines. Yeah. Yeah, She's yeah just but I was doing her.
2: my intro thing, and, like, you're the only person who hasn't serially interrupted me during my intro. Why would, you, why would you turn to that now in 2023? I don't get it.
0: New year, new me.
2: Coming into her own. <laughs> not a girl. Yeah. Okay. She's coming into her own. All right, well, Tony, can you not do that now so that I can do the intro? Okay. Thank you. say it, Tony. Rain in Spain. Rain in Spain. You're interrupting my intro with the code word that we have to let me do my intro.
3: Is Adam frozen or is he just ignoring us?
0: No, I think he's frozen. Oh, my gosh. We thought that was a reaction to us. Yeah. Oh, and he's gone. Now he's gone. Oh, I think someone
3: else should just do the intro and we just start the Okay.
0: Tony, do you want to do the intro?
3: OK,. Stop stop. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California. It's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight. We're still trying to help Paula fake it till she makes it in auditions. So we thought, what if we got one of the most iconic fake greasers from the 1970s to help? Then we thought, no, what if we got the most iconic fake rock star from the 1980s? And then we thought, wait, what if we got the most iconic fake lawyers from the 20 teens? Then we realized we were all talking about the same guy. Yes, the amazing Michael McKeon joins us tonight for Outside the Actors Studio. And then, you love our quote parties. But what about those amazing, familiar quotations that were never actually said? Yes, grab your favorite hearing aid and join us for our very first Miss quote Party. I'm Adam Falber. This show's <laughs> Squiggy. Bumbling into this podcast's ramshackle apartment and trying to make sense of a nonsensical world. And now... Wait, what is going on here? Please welcome our very own... (laughs) (laughs) No, don't interrupt her. She's almost done. Adam's back.
4: Almost done with what? No, we'll tell you.
3: And now, please welcome our very own <laughs> David St. Hubbins, the lead singer who always sees the fine line between clever and stupid, and tells that line, no, you're stupid. It's Paula Poundstone! Yay. Yay.
2: Wow! What just happened? All you guys froze, and then the next thing I knew I was kicked out of the room, and now Tony's doing my intro. I feel like I just okay. got... um. <laughs> I've been I'm Nancy Kerrigan here.
0: I am so excited to see that our investment in Tony's announcer camp experience (laughs) in Australia. Really, I've never seen such a great
2: return on my investment. Um, So Tony just did the whole announce. We're we're in the show now. Yeah, Yeah. we're in the show. Let me Uh, ask you something. While I was gone, how many times did you interrupt Tony during her announcement? Uh, You know what? We don't like to interrupt Tony. Uh,
0: Hi, Adam, and welcome to tonight's house band returning champion, Casey Bozell on the violin. Casey is the concert master of the Newport Symphony and is also a member of the Portland Opera Orchestra and Oregon Ballet Theater. Uh, Casey, how did you even have the time to do this? Thank you so much.
2: We love Casey. Hey, Tony, would you ask Paula what's new?
0: (laughs) What's new, Paula Poundstone? (laughs) Well, thank you for asking, Tony. Uh, I'm going to be in Poughkeepsie, New York at the Bardivon 1869 Opera House on Saturday, February 25th, for tickets or to see when I'll be at a theater near you. Listeners should go to PaulaPoundstone.com and click on the tour tab. And the other thing? Yeah. We haven't chosen a new book for the book club yet, But um, here's one for your consideration. I've been listening to a book called Stalin, and it's about (laughs) Stalin. I forget the author off the top of my head, but it's 38 hours and something, audiobook, and it's volume one. But you have to keep in mind that when I listen, I often drift off somehow, like mentally, I'm not paying enough attention. And so I back up. So by the time I finish Volume One of Stalin, I will have listened to probably about uh, seventy-six hours of uh, Stalin. So I'm hoping that there's some sort of sleazy, uh, uh, new agey uh, love story somewhere in it because I know then that
2: Tony would really like it. Oh, you guys, the, no, that, that 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 happened. Um, Stalin, you know, shortly before he found himself kind of, a, and, and took over the Soviet Union. I think he went on sort of a, a find-himself kind of kind of journey. He ended up in Madagascar, um, and he met a sexy vampire.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that's going to be perfect. Yeah. That's going to be perfect. So I know we'll have Tony's vote when we go to choose a book.
2: They almost got married, but his love was not to be.
0: Yeah. His father, his dead father came back and... Yeah. Uh,
2: well, haunted him. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful story if looked at the right way. You know who I've been thinking of this week, Paula? I've been thinking of you. Because here at Casa Felber, we have neighbors right across the street who have torn down their house or are in the process of tearing down their house and building a new one. Oh. And it, it's absolutely. It's driving me out of my mind, especially since Stufful, I keep isn't kind it? of an irregular schedule. No, it's terrible.
0: Yeah. So my, my neighbors were building their house for four years. And um, as Wendell always says, there was some sort of a sander or a jackhammer needed for every part of that building, <laughs> uh, including the painting. Um, just
2: they applied yeah, the weird. paint with a paint sander. painting a jackhammer is strange. Mm-hmm.
0: Very strange. But you know what? I invited them to something recently. I've decided to, I don't know if bury the hatchet is the right word, because I am still a little rankled, honestly. Um, But (laughs) I've just decided that I'm sure they're lovely people and we just got off on the
2: wrong foot. And maybe. Is that that thing that you invited me to?
0: Yes. And usually when you're having a colonoscopy, you don't invite guests. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was a
2: weird invitation.
0: I just decided why not make it, you know, an occasion because so often for people it's, you know, it's uncomfortable. Um, And I thought, you know, in the past I've not been willing to do it at all, but I thought, you know what, if I could invite guests... I think it's a way of, you know, letting myself be vulnerable around them. And sometimes that can really uh, help in relationship building. So I'm looking yep. forward What's to that. What's your address? Whose address? I want to
4: look up on <laughs> Zillow
0: and see how much <laughs> the oh. house is worth. Oh, I'm really going to give you my neighbor's address. You don't know what their... No. Uh, t- uh, yeah. You don't oh, know Paula's no. address? <laughs> the, they don't, yeah. um, How do you not know Paula's address? No, I know her address. What's their address? I don't know their address, but it's right beside my house. Let me just tell you my address. Okay. I live at 8040. (laughs) Come chop my head off lane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not afraid of people. I never have been.
2: So these Um, people are at 8042. Come chop my head off lame
0: yeah that's one way of figuring it out bonnie is a lot of times that i don't know if you've noticed this with your own neighbors but oftentimes the number of the dwelling is very close to the number of your dwelling
4: right so i was going to ask you does their front door face your street too yes okay it's her only next door neighbor she has a neighbor on the other side.
2: Well, that's separated by an alley. There'd be no way for the construction people to stand in the compost heap.
0: (laughs) Do we want to give more descriptions of where I live? (laughs) Did the numbers go up or down? On your block. I have no idea. Do you know when I'm trying to find an address, one of the problems that I have is, well, you know, I get lost all the time. But when I panic, I can't tell if numbers are going up. Down. So I guess I'm in a panic a lot because I have no idea the answer to that question. Bonnie, Bonnie, let me ask you something. Um, Okay. Bonnie,
3: (laughs) how
2: are you? Uh, Tony, that was supposed to be your job.
3: I was trying to find Paula's neighbor's house on Zillow. Oh,
4: Jesus. Okay, so how much is it worth? I
3: haven't found it yet. Oh, okay. I know Paula's address off the top of my head.
0: She wore it on the back of the sweatshirt she wore to Australia.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So you know what happened to me yesterday? No. No. You know, I have a dog that eats like a ton of stuff. And we even got her x-rayed once. And the vet went, you know, there's a little rock inside her stomach. She eats everything. She ate the head of my toothbrush yesterday. (gasps) Oh, no. My electric toothbrush. The brush, everything, gone.
0: You know what I do with my dog? Um, And every dog is different, but um, (laughs) I feed my dog's dog food. Uh, It could cut down on her craving for various plastic items. You know, just feeding her dog food. You know, you can get it at the store. There's a a lane that says, like, pet food. uh, Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's got pictures of dogs on it. You should consider feeding your dog. You'd go through a lot less cats that way. (laughs)
4: I I feed her. In fact, I put the kibble in an empty peanut butter jar. And then that way she has to like turn it over. It takes a little longer to eat. And then sometimes I put a little canned pumpkin in there so that it takes her even longer to get the food out. Otherwise, if I just put it in a bowl, that thing would be gone in two seconds.
0: Okay. You know what you can do?
5: Okay. Is, Okay.
0: um, okay, you can take like a carcass that you might find on the side of the road. (laughs) And tie it to the back of your car, and then just drive and let the dog like, you know, chase the carcass, and every now and then slow down so the dog catches up to it, and just before it starts to bite, just just, uh, gun it. And
2: that's a good way of making it more challenging. And every once in a while, toss a can of pumpkin out the window. (laughs) So it has something to dodge.
4: Yeah. She has, I forget what it's called now, where they don't have any control of their endocrine system, so they have to take medication for it, and the medication makes them really hungry. So she has a little bit oh. of an excuse.
0: I'll tell you what that's called. That's called quackery. That's what that's called. <laughs> that's, that's called a vet who has a kid going to college soon. Yeah, right. Oh, it's no control of their endocrine.
2: Um, Your dog walking around going, I've got a gland problem. I have to eat all the time. <laughs>
0: My cats throw up all the time um, because they're having some body issues and they're like, you know what, if I could just lose one more pound, (laughs) I would look fantastic. Um, Bonnie, did you use the same technique on your kid? The thing of making the food hard to get?
4: (laughs) Because that's Uh. not good. I didn't bring any snack foods in the house.
2: I think Bonnie dealt with meals the way she dealt with uh, the equestrian stuff, which is is her daughter would start eating, and Bonnie would go like, that's how you're eating? Are you kidding me? You're kidding me.
4: The idea of the exercise, it was a clinic, was that you shout horrible things to your kids as they go riding by to teach them to tune out all the extraneous noise. Are you kidding me? Is
0: not really all that strong in the world of horrible things. Like, no, it's a way I said it. Are you kidding me? I think, I think that's a little nuanced, Bonnie. Honestly, I do. Uh, for a 14 year old.
2: What, what, what would you say to a 14 year old who you were trying to alienate forever, Paula? As they rode by.
0: <laughs> Hi, mommy. <laughs> Look at me, I'm riding. <laughs> That horse is giving you acne. What? <laughs> That's a good one. Stop bobbing your head. Are you talking to the horse or the kid now?
2: Or to me. Um, I got to say, Bonnie hurt my feelings more with that one. Oh, did
0: she? Okay, how about this? How about this? Adam, what's the name of your other podcast?
2: Uh-oh. <laughs> I call it Dad Band Land.
0: Are you kidding me? Oh! <laughs> Are you Jesus. kidding me?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you know what? It's time, Tony. Can you find out um, uh, how Tony Anita Hall is doing?
3: <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, so let's go over to Sherman Oaks, California, and <laughs> Tony Anita Hall, How you doing? Okay, and now you say how you're doing.
2: <laughs> you also point out that you're not in Sherman Oaks, please.
3: Oh yes. No, I'm not in Sherman Oaks. My apartment flooding from last week got worse, and now I'm living in a hotel in lovely Woodland Hills, California. So that's how it's going.
0: <laughs> I want you to know that you can also donate plasma.
3: <laughs> I could. Are you kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I love you know what I've never donated plasma. I've only donated blood.
0: Yeah. No, you could just... Don't you, you can't you sell your plasma and make some That's my point, living in a hotel. (laughs) That's exactly my point. Well, it's not donating, it's selling. I think if I have to explain (laughs) the joke, maybe it's not that good. Something tells me. Sometimes
3: I'm not,
0: sometimes I'm daft. Tony, you've been doing a great job. Uh, Just get in there, jump in whenever you want.
2: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Doing your announce
3: is hard.
2: I can't wait to hear it, though. I'm sure it's great.
3: Oh yeah,
0: she did a really good job. Thank you,
3: thank you.
2: Really you. I, is... I love how encouraging <laughs> you're being of Tony Paul. Yeah, it's
3: it's exciting yet anxiety-inducing.
0: But Tony Anita Hall, you're you're a blessing to this program. I I, <laughs> I wouldn't li- listen to this at all if it wasn't for Tony oh. Anita Hall. And I, I uh, uh, to the very thought of her going away uh, ever again to Australia
2: is a, ca- a calumny. Thank you, Mrs. Culpepper.
0: Oh, thank you, Mrs. Culpepper. Yeah so uh so So yeah Paula
2: I'm sorry so, go ahead
0: So I have nothing <laughs> oh, Okay then let me ask you Yeah don't edit that out by the way I like the I like the raw honesty of it Yeah it's it's you know I think it really softens me as a character Just to be able to say I have nothing.
2: It it makes you more likable and relatable. Oh, I think it does. That's why we're going to do your colonoscopy live on the show with your
0: neighbors. (laughs) Hey,
2: uh, Paula, you know what? I'm hankering to review some vocabulary words.
0: Adam, after four years of my vocabulary song, I've discovered that neither I nor my coworkers remember any of the definitions So, as you know, I've been trying a new method. Listeners, if you go over to our Facebook page, you'll find a beautiful artist's rendering of part of Adam, part of Tony Anita Holland, part of Captain Crinkle. I'm going to ask each of them the meaning of a former Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone vocabulary word, and for each correct answer, they will receive an additional body part until they have earned for themselves an invaluable portrait. I'm going to start by asking Tony and Nita Hall the meaning of a foreman. Nobody listens to Paula Ponce's own vocabulary word. And to make it fair, I'm asking Bonnie and Adam to take your headphones off until I signal you back on Zoom. I'll signal Bonnie with one finger and Adam with two. I can already tell Bonnie's cheating. <laughs> All right, Tony, are you ready? I'm ready. Wonderful job, by the way. Wonderful job. Thank you. Okay, so the word is odios. Odious.
3: Oh. Thinking something related to Odie. Uh, isn't that a Garfield character? Um Odios. Um loud.
0: Odios, Tony, <laughs> is an adjective that means serving no practical purpose, okay. producing no useful result, futile. And I have to tell you that when I looked it up in my old vocabulary words, I did not remember what it meant no. either. I didn't even remember how to pronounce it. All right, uh, Bonnie Burns. It's totally cheating, I can tell. Hello. (laughs) Uh, uh, Bonnie Burns, are you ready? This, by the way, is we've moved on to a new word. We've only made it through four so far. Um, uh, Okay, the word is odios. I thought we had odios. Well, the whole point, (laughs) Bonnie, is that it's a former (laughs) nobody-listens-to-Paula-poundstone vocabulary word. But in this new format where we're reviewing old words, uh, we haven't
4: done it yet. Right. So my recollection about this word is I would naturally think like it has to do with a bad odor. But I think it has something to do with behavior. Am I close?
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Close is a relative term. Um. Uh, 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 It's... uh, Egotistical. Um, no. Uh, odios is an adjective that means serving no practical purpose, producing no useful result, futile. Uh, all right, Adam Felber. Felber here. Hey, there he is. Okay, Adam Felber, the former Nobody Listens to Paula Ponson vocabulary word for this
2: week is odios. Odious. Oh, wait, this is not O-D-I-O-U-S, the word I know, Right. This is the word I don't know with a T. It's odious, not ODS. Can you spell it?
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't O-T- know it had a T. O-T-I-O-S E. Oh.
4: <laughs>
2: that yeah. would have made a difference. I remember thinking oh. you were saying odious <laughs> and then. So odious. It sounds like it's um, O-T-O's. I O-D-O's. think I couldn't
0: have been clearer. Odious.
2: It's it's. <laughs> Oh, he's looking something up. Look at him. What are you talking about? <laughs> you can look at everything I'm looking at. Here, hang on. There's, there's oh. nothing I'm looking at, okay? You needed to look away at a Diet Coke can. He wrote it on the side of his Diet Coke
0: can. This is... No, look, I...
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, otios means yes. um, useless. Useless. It means useless. Wow. Wow. Nice. wow.
0: It's an adjective that means serving no practical purpose, producing no useful result. Futile, which might be said of my vocabulary song, which after four <laughs> years, not one. How of many us... of us got
2: it? I mean, I know Bonnie didn't. Tony, did you get it? No, uh, I didn't. Adam, you, no.
0: you, you are the uh, you're the breakaway uh, uh, winner on that. Nobody else got it. I, and as well, I told the others, I did not remember the meaning when I saw the word either. Honestly, I didn't even remember how it was
2: pronounced. I remember us arguing about it because we because we thought you said odious the first time.
0: I don't remember that. Yeah. I thought it was odious. It's not Matter odious. What Tony
4: say? It's loud. Tony said
0: she, she <laughs> thought it was related to Odie from the Garfield uh, comic. Did she? So she really, <laughs> <laughs> she really took the high ground on it. She really came at it from a real intellectual angle.
2: So, Paul, does nice that mean sweet. I'm going to get uh, more of me drawn on the uh, on the? It uh, does.
0: And, and you are to receive a, an additional body part.
2: Looking forward to finding out what that is.
0: Well, yeah, I'll have to find out what that is myself. Um, it's a penis. I was thinking of that actually. I thought you know since he's the only one who <laughs> since he's the only one who won, yeah, and, right.
2: <laughs> you know, <and> no, it- <laughs> no. First of all, we're not even near that area yet on our hangman. We have to leave it floating in floating in space, which is. How I've been treated no. in some relationships.
0: <laughs> were it almost any other man, I would say, yeah, it, we're not near it. But in your case, I'd say, yeah, no, close enough. Yeah, no, that's exactly I don't right. know how to take
2: that. <laughs> I could take it as a compliment or she could be calling me a dick.
0: <laughs> so, listeners, uh, please check uh, the Facebook port- portrait.
2: I would say they could skip it this week. <laughs> Uh, You know, guys. uh, Paula Abdul Abdul once once said, "Oh, oh, uh, you you want to do this, Tony? You
4: (laughs) you go go ahead." (laughs) Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
5: (laughs) No, 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 no.
2: no. Me me (laughs) and my penis are gonna keep quiet here. You go ahead, Tony.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Paula Abdul once said, "When you go to auditions and you fail to prepare, prepare to fail." Well, if you're preparing to fail, you are preparing. And so you didn't fail to prepare, did you, Abdul? Did you? We'll await Miss Abdul's response and talk to Michael McKeon when we come back.
0: And now, a news update from the dental chair. The uh, Rahul and- The man had a right to be unethical.
2: And now you say this has been a...
0: And this has been a news update from
3: the dental chair.
2: Gold star, Tony. We'll be right back. Hey, Paula. You know...
0: It's done. It's fine. It's a violin. Put it on the shelf.
2: (laughs) Thank you, house band Casey Bozell, and we are back. So, Paula Poundstone, how's your auditioning going these days? How are the old acting chops holding up? How many roles are you booking?
0: Well, (laughs) so far... (laughs) Zero. But uh, my recent auditions have all been for animated stuff, zero of which have I gotten. And I always say to the agent guy, you know, is there anything I should be doing differently? And he goes, oh, no, these are great. Um, But uh, (laughs) apparently that's not what they're looking for.
2: They're not looking for great.
0: No. So I can't even remember all the I've told you before, I've done a lot. A lot of it's been animals. I've auditioned for a lot of animals, sure, sure. and so far, I'm just not believable um, as a, a Randy tortoise or a, Randy you know, tortoise. or a lesbian octopus one time. I think I did a lesbian octopus a lesbian once. Octopus? Are you hoping to maybe get some more
2: pointers, Paula?
0: Yeah, I'm yeah, I can I can
2: use all the input I can get. Well, Paula Poundstone, you'll be excited to know that we have a special guest here who can help. He's an American no. actor, comedian, screenwriter, composer, singer, and musician known for roles in film and television such as Chuck McGill in Better Call Saul. I love that. David St. Hubbins in This Is Spinal Tap. Love that. And Lenny from Laverne and Shirley. Love that, too. Please welcome, and this is amazing, the extraordinary Michael McKeon is here with us. Hey, for- guys. Please. He's
0: the best. Yeah. Woo!
2: Hi, guys. Hi, Michael. Uh, how are we all doing?
0: Great. We're so, we're so happy to have you. Thank well, you so thank much you. for doing this. I, I am a huge fan of Better Call Saul, which I think I told you, I was very reluctant to start watching because everyone kept telling me, you know, that when I would tell them that I had been watching Breaking Bad nightly for four years straight- <laughs> People would say, oh, you know, you're going to like, oh, you'll really like Better Call Saul. And just transitioning was painful. Mm. Uh, you are so brilliant in Thank it. You. Um, was your character, was your was the Chuck's story all the way there when you came to it? No.
1: Uh, according to the, the writers, uh, Vince Gilligan and, and Peter Gould being primary among the men, also Tom Schnauz. But the two of them had created uh, the character in Breaking Bad, the, crea- the character who... You know, appears as Jimmy McGill in in uh, Saul. Um, and so they kind of shepherded him in, in, into this new format. But they've always said that the way that Bob and I kind of interacted uh, helped them turn the story in a different way. They weren't quite sure what Chuck was going to be about until they realized that he could be a good kind of buried landmine in in Jimmy's life. And uh, that kind of really didn't come to the fore until about the eighth episode, seventh or eighth. And they actually called me and they said, they both Peter and, and, and Vince, we got a little something we'd like to talk to you about, about what Chuck is re- was really going. And I said, that's awesome. That's terrific. Uh, thanks for keeping it from me. And I meant that I'm serious. <laughs> I, I meant it seriously. Because I mean, the, what they kept from me made the performance anyway especially as far as his mental illness. I was not told that I was mentally ill. I was told that everything was 100% real. Everything that I was going through was 100% real. And it was. So that's the only way to play it. You know, if you're a person who thinks they see unicorns, you're not going to be convincing as that person unless you really see those unicorns. You can't play a person who thinks they see the unicorns. So it was, it was great. It took, it took everything off my shoulders. And I gradually came to realize what was going on as he got caught out in a couple of, a couple of areas. But uh, it's, it's, it was kind of an interesting affliction to play and not really realizing where it was located. So it was really nice. But anyway, they told me in this phone call, they said, yeah, things are going. And I said, well, thanks for keeping it from me. And they said, no, we didn't keep it from you. It was, this is sort of new. This is sort of what you and Bob are, are telling us. Should happen.
2: That's amazing. And, you know, I, I guess I would have to watch it back to see. But in my memory of it, there were the seeds of your character having potential for that all along. I guess that's what they were seeing.
1: Well, I was certainly not up Jimmy's alley as far as uh, support and, and, you know, and all that goes because there was, uh, you know, it was obvious. But uh, anyway, it's it's pretty it was a real interesting experience.
0: I watched the episode last night where you were uh, in the hospital after you stole the paper. Yeah. And I've seen all the discs that I have because I got it on DVD. Right, right. And uh, so I I don't have like the most recent uh, season, um, but uh, so I've seen all the ones that I have and I just was watching it again. Um, And it's kind of heartbreaking because Jimmy's so loving towards you. And so genuinely concerned for you. And he's really on the horns of a dilemma about what to do for you. And knowing what you know about Mm -hmm. where it's going, it makes it even sadder. So if anybody hasn't seen that, um, you know, watch it two or three times in a row. And uh,
1: (laughs) Well, of course, I had Dr. Clea Clea Duval, uh, you know, who's this amazing actress who played my doctor. And she, she was great. She's fabulous. She's great in everything. Uh, and she's a really good director too. She's she's you know really kind of I think heading heading for a for the A list there if she wants. But she's also just a wonderful actress. So uh, yeah, it was uh, Mention cool.
0: my name to her. Okay.
1: Well that's you know what that is sometimes how it works. There are occasions when somebody says, "Huh, yeah, I never thought about Paula Poundstone. For that should be perfect." Have her come in. You know?
0: Yeah, a lot of people say that. Well yeah, but I mean not the second part. A lot of people say the first part. Well, you do that. never thought about Paul
1: Poundstone yeah. before. But you've already done you've already done something that not everyone can do. In fact, not anyone can do it. You are, you're Paul Paula Poundstone and nobody else makes that. you know? People who, who like w- want to be like somebody else who, who create, oh, I'm gonna have a career like person X. you know, they're idiots. They're, they're blowing up their own, you know, they're, they're getting high on their own supply, you know, because there's no future there. I went to a seminar one time about casting and about acting and everything. And it was, you know, it was, it was really fun. There was some, you know, some friends of mine and some new people. And we were all talking about acting and stuff. And and people were asking questions about looks. They were only asking questions about looks. And one of them stood up and said, you know, I, I've always been a big fan of, and she mentions an actress. And I, I, I'm trying to make myself more like that. And I'm and it as soon as she mentioned it, I went, yeah, dude, that's what you're doing. And it's sort of like <laughs> you're, you're saying, here, you can get this much better. And people will buy tickets for the, uh, someone with that name. But you should use me anyway. You know, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, right, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I also told a story about it's the mid-50s. You just, you know, you, you're working as an efficiency expert in factories. And you got one eye and you're kind of not average good looking and you have got a speech impediment. Well, should you become an actor? Well, if you're Peter Falk, that's exactly what you should do nice you see (laughs) no he didn't he didn't say i'm gonna i'm gonna try and and look a little bit more like cary grant and have some therapy so that i can talk like adam west you know it's like he would have he would have thrown everything away and there would have been no columba so it's like being yourself is the is the only surefire gimmick take it from me
0: if only you could take George Santos uh, under your wing.
1: <laughs> well, he's pretty, would, he's pretty good at improvising. you got to he, <laughs> yeah. he is an improviser. No yeah, yeah.
0: My, my favorite thing about him is in an interview, Dave said, you know, you lied about this, you lied about that, you lied about that. And he said, yes, but I'm the same person. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> um, so oh. I had no idea that you were... When people would say, oh, you should watch uh, Better Call Saul... Um, I had no idea you were in it. Um, it was a big surprise when I found you there. And I, I, find, I kept saying to myself, this is Lenny. How is mm-hmm. it possible that this is Lenny? I think that you are the definition of range
1: uh, uh-huh. uh, of what you can do. Well, that's nice nice of you to say.
0: It's shocking. Why did <laughs> Vince know that you could do Chuck.
1: Well, I had done a character on X-Files that he, Vince, had co-created with a guy named Frank Spotnitz, who who was one of the major producers on on X-Files. And they wrote this character, and it was really, really a good fit, and I had a great time doing it. And uh, we, you know, that's where I got to know Vince a little bit. And uh, every time Vince got involved in anything, he always would call me and say, I think you'd be perfect. Would you like to do this? Would you like to do this? And I said, "Man, I'd love to work with you, but I'm I'm on my way to to New York for what I hope is a six month run, (laughs) but maybe, but I can't commit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, I might be back in three weeks. However, um, you know, it would be lovely to work with you again. Uh, So it just never worked out until this time. And I was actually was doing a show uh, in New York, and uh, the word came down, and I I left the show to do the first couple of episodes, the first episode, I guess." Then I wrapped up the show. I think I ran it to the end. I don't know. Things tend to blur. But eventually, in 2013, I got over there to Albuquerque and started shooting those.
0: I hope that he hasn't called you recently and you had to say, I I can't. I'm doing... Nobody listens to Paula <laughs> on the comedy podcast. Yeah, you know, we'd hate to think that. <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I cleared this date. I cleared it. Oh, man, yeah. you're okay. the best. No. You're the best. Scorsese, I, to- I told Scorsese, give me a minute, all right?
0: Yeah, honestly. <laughs> bitch.
1: I don't really call him bitch, but anyway. I was in a movie with Martin Scorsese. We were both actors in a movie together. How weird is that? But I'm going to let you look it up. Uh, Tony's already looking up. Yeah. I
0: didn't know... Uh, that he was an actor. But, you know, you're like an encyclopedia of the business. I don't know all the stuff that you know. I just watch the same shows over and over again. Oh,
1: I do, too. I watch Sergeant Bilko over and over again. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's good stuff. Yeah, no, that's the best sitcom that has ever been. And do you know the court-martial episode? No. The court-martial of Harry Speak Up? No. Oh, my God. It's the funniest episode of any sitcom that there could be. You know, it's phenomenal. I'm not gonna say anything more about it, but somehow somehow you get you gotta get to see it.
0: Okay, did you ever see the Christmas honeymooners where Ralph hides the present under the icebox?
1: I probably did. I probably did.
0: it, that may be the funniest uh, s- sequence. Uh, yeah, just the scene with the hiding of the oh. of any uh, sitcom ever made. Uh-huh. Did you and David Lander come as a team? Would had you already yeah. worked together, or did you audition for your role separately?
1: David and I were at college together, um, oh. we, so we knew each other as as late teens. Wow, and we just and we just stayed wow. together. We 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 had so much fun together. We created those characters at college. Then he went off to NYU. I kind of went. Goofed around in a rock band for a year. And then he went off to California. And I went to NYU for two years. And then he called me and said, Come on to California. So I did. So we, you know, we've kind of been working, we had been working together forever anyway. And then we started on the credibility gap, which was at the time it was me and David Lander, who was my partner on Laverne and Shirley, Harry Shearer, the great, you know, the, the great Harry Shearer. And a guy named Richard Beebe. And so it, they, it was the Credibility Gap, which was the name of this news program, satirical news program. And we did that on the radio in a couple of different stations. And then we trans, transitioned to the stage. And we started working in clubs and, and doing, you know, physical versions of what we had been doing on the radio, sketch stuff. No improv, just really kind of scripted, but on the day, you know. So we would, uh, when Nixon resigned, we had a sketch on that night about Nixon resigning. So wow. it was like, it was like kind of kind of broadside singers, you know, that was really fun. Uh, but anyway, it's 75. We had done these characters a little bit on the stage with The Gap. And then Penny and Rob were both big fans. Rob Reiner and Penny Marshall were both fans of these characters that we had done forever. And then Penny got this show, Laverne and Shirley. And she said, you guys would be really funny on that show. And I said, yeah, well, only one of us has a SAG card. And she says, it's all right. But how about this? And she just kind of scoped it out. My brother Gary will hire you as apprentice writers. And then we were going to find a way to work you into the show. And no one else could do it. So we'll get you a SAG card. And that's what we did.
0: Wow. wow. Gary Marshall um, almost hit me with his car at Paramount once. <laughs> I think it was an accident. <laughs> Um,
1: I've never seen I, him physically hurt anyone.
0: It colored Maybe. my opinion of him, Maybe. to
1: be
5: honest with you.
0: Very, very so, good dude. Yeah, and so I, ha- I had no real affinity for him. Um, <laughs> f- I, and I, I And we hadn't met or anything. I mean, that was how I met him, was his bumper coming yeah. <laughs> really near my thigh. And then a few years ago, he was the guy that was presenting the award to...
1: Hector um, Elizondo.
0: Thank you, yes. And it was at the Valley Healthcare Clinic thing, uh-huh. and I was seeing, and I introduced him, and Which- I had the best fucking time. Yeah. I have. I can't remember why any longer. I just remember that it was this really fun, funny night, and I still, I don't know if you can see behind me, but I have a bunch of stuff taped up to my yeah. wall. I still have the introduction of him taped to my wall because it was one of my favorite performing nights ever. <laughs> excellent, um, excellent. Uh, yeah. It turns out, like, if we had been friends years and years ago, we probably would have been very close. But, you know, when a man threatens you with his vehicle...
1: Oh, I think you're getting a little me, me, me here, Paula. You, yeah. know, you know, it's like Gary was driving anyway, and suddenly there you are. I think it's just, you know, I don't think it was an impulse thing. I just think he, he didn't quite see you, you. know, He
0: gripped the wheel like Cruella <laughs> de and came at me. That's what I remember. Were you asking for not. it? Yeah.
5: <laughs> I was not. I was not.
0: Okay, so we have you here to help me uh, with auditioning, yeah. and also just to revel in the fact that we have you here. Oh, yeah, uh, that's yeah. so and nice. Yeah, especially knowing that Vince wanted you. Um, so, <laughs> do, do you have a like worst auditioning experience?
1: I I have one audition that I put my foot in, and I had read for the guy once before, and. I I, I I went in and did pretty good. Um, but they hired this Alec Baldwin kid, whoever that is. So and it was one of those things. It could have been anybody. He was very good in the film. Um, and then the next time he was, he did another film and he called me in again and he was in a real shit mood. I mean, and it was sort of like, I, how did I, you know that he was in a bad mood? Well, because he just looked like he was stewing. He looked like, on, it would know. look like, oh, great, another actor. Okay. But anyway, it was just, and <laughs> I, I wasn't particularly right for it anyway, but it wasn't, it wouldn't have mattered because it wasn't, anyway, so I, I, it was about a real, I'm not going to go into the details, but it was about a real thing that I thought was kind of a bullshit thing. Or I thought it was almost like I was asking him, how are you going to make a movie out of this shit? <laughs> But it wasn't that rude. It was just, I was kind of, I was just kind of sinking to, to his mood. So that was just kind of one, that was right, one. Was I,
0: it JFK? I,
1: no, no, you're way off. Anyway, it's not important, but it is one of those things. I, porkies? Was it Porkies? I'm just going to keep guessing. Oh my God. I, I don't think I was up for Porkies, but oh. I do remember having a conversation with someone who was all business, and we were talking, my friend and I were talking about the best comedies of the year and everything. And this guy, all business guy, said, Nope, best comedy of the year is Porky's. And I said, wow. Have you seen wow. that? It's a really terrible movie. He says, Yep, it's terrible. Best comedy of the year. <laughs> Do you know how much money it is? <laughs> you yeah, know, was. So... A,
2: was that the same year as This is Spinal Tap? It was very close to that year.
1: No, I don't, I think it may be. Uh we we came out in eighty four, so you could look up Porky's. I think it was that was earlier. Pretty Originally sure.
0: the title was gonna be This is Porkies. And
1: <laughs> no then I'm not buying they, this.
0: They changed You're saying right. it with a lot all of right, conviction, wait.
1: but it's a lie.
0: <laughs> no, it's all right. So I I derailed you. I apologize. No, no, That's a tendency. Have um so you were telling me, so the guy was in a bad mood, you went in. Oh, that was
1: it. And it was just, oh. it was a lousy audition because no matter what I did reading these two lines, and you know, uh, it was sort of like, we're, we're done here, people. And, but, you know, but I've had that before. You know, I've had that, somebody, you don't know what's going on. You're walking it. And when you, I'll tell you one thing I did when Chris made his film called The Big Picture, his first feature, and uh, I had co-written the film and I was serving as the designated actor for all these people who were coming in and reading. And there were amazing people. There were people coming in for all this, all these different parts. And I was reading all these different parts and everything. And, and so what was really interesting and very edifying was noting that some people came in and were terrific and still didn't get the part because they just, that's not the guy. That's not who we're looking for, you know? Oh. And it's just every actor should do this once. Every actor should work as a reader, as as a like a work with a cast, you have to know a casting person, say, can I sit in and read with them? And it's a world of, you know, and you see people come in and blow it as badly as I did, but in different ways, you know. Uh, you know, one guy came in and we had made an edition of the script with certain lines crossed out because they were, you know, and he kind of tried to impress us with his overview of things. And he said, do you mind if we put everything back in? And I'd really love for you to read the stage directions. And, and it was like, oh, can we, how, the chair's okay the way they are now? <laughs> I mean, and it was a guy who was a really good actor. And he was on, you know, I'd seen him on TV and everything. He was an excellent actor, but he was being a kind of, a, he was being kind of a poop, you know? And it's like, yeah, guess, guess who ain't doing this role? But of course, then, then J.T. Walsh walked in. And hit one over the center field fences. You know, it was one of those things. So, you know, there's some actors like, boy, boy, are you doing this? We just told them, you know.
0: I always think uh, that there are people who got turned down for roles and then got out of the business uh, because you know, because sometimes it's so discouraging. No, and I I think about the commercial for the toe fungus medicine. Yes, where there's an animated toenail talking. Y- yes, yes. And there's someone who read for that, and got the job. But there's many people who read they for didn't it didn't make and didn't get the job <laughs> and, and, and they just yeah
1: and then they bailed on on show business because yeah.
0: And sometimes when I'm watching late night TV and I see that ad on, I I realize that. In some bedroom in, say, Wisconsin, there's an older man laying in bed while his wife has gone in to use the bathroom, and he's watching television, and he yells, she's up. on!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, this voice, the voice that they did use of this guy, or this toenail, male or female, male or female, I'm just guessing female. male. It's female female. To- toenail. Kind of, of work, kind of working class, because usually, the, the, the people in your stomach... Uh, and and you know all these other germs and everything they're always oh, yeah. they're always very oh this is going to be great i'm moving <laughs> in oh my, my, oh no it's antacids yes. of some sort very working class very but working I was just, no class. she's
0: she's not <laughs> she's very you know she's
1: she's perky she longs to be more beautiful
0: well she's very upset about the fungus <laughs> i
1: can tell you that. it's, it's beneath um, her <laughs> ah, All right.
0: Were you good at auditioning? Like if you had gone in for the for the toenail and they and they would you no, have had them? No, no.
1: I, I didn't do a lot of voiceover stuff. And I my agency would send me up for voiceover things. But it was cars and things I don't know about or really care about. For a year, I did Magnavox, which isn't even a brand anymore. I think I may have killed it. Uh, you know, <laughs> and I was the guy who said Magnavox, smart, very smart. That's good. So it was not bad. Wow. That would make me buy something. I want to buy a Magnavox now and I can't. <laughs> you can't. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Betamax, because you're worth it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now do you have an attitude that you walk into auditions with like like Paula's mantra that she looks in the mirror and goes, You suck, you suck, you suck. <laughs> um I feel like that's not necessarily uh, completely productive. What attitude do you walk into an audition with? It depends.
1: It depends on what level it is. If I'm just, you know, seeing the casting director, uh, I have no attitude. I'm just saying, I'm here I am, take my picture, and see if, if we want to meet the director. I've only done one audition on tape that got me the gig. And it was uh, a Clint Eastwood picture. And I came in and I just did the scene with the casting person. She was amazing. She was fabulous. So, and it was with her assistant. I don't even think Marion was there. It was her assistant, and it just turned out I was just—I was the right guy. I had zero attitude, but they showed it to Clint, and he went, "Yeah, okay." So I went and worked two days with Clint Eastwood, and it was really fun. My Um, mother uh,
0: used to inadvertently call him East Clintwood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Important data point right there. That is a great. It's a great name for a town in something, though. <laughs> it's yeah, over Clintwood. in East Clintwood. <laughs> it should be a town that he drives through in a movie. Right, right. Is, yeah. It's East Clintwood. It's Clint Eastwood <laughs> just coming up through East Clintwood. you got to stay away from West Kanye, though. It's a, <laughs> it, it, they have a lot of money, but they're all idiots.
0: There's something going on there. Something in the water, I'll i tell know, you. know, yeah, yeah. At West Kanye. True. They, yeah, because,
2: Ellen Barkin once said, I like Ellen Barkin. I studied acting for 10 years before I went to an audition. Well, we don't have that kind of time, Alan, but Michael McKeon <laughs> is going to teach Paula how to do it in 10 minutes. How do you like them apples, Barkin? It's time for Outside the Actor's Studio. When we come back. The Cat of the Week is Buddy from Seattle, Washington.
0: Hey, it's just me, Paula Poundstone. I don't want to bring you down by reminding you of why we need to laugh, COVID, but we do. Laughter could be practically prescribed by a doctor, climate change. And there's something about the shared (laughs) emotional experience of being a part of an audience that makes the laughter that much more powerful, kids, 99% of the time when someone types LOL, they're lying. You don't laugh out loud at stuff when you're alone. You acknowledge in your head that you think the thing you're seeing or hearing is funny. Depression. That's why television shows (laughs) use a laugh track. By the way, it was only recently that it dawned on me that the Flintstones couldn't have had a live audience. Loneliness. I'm not saying that I'm the only one who can provide this healing laughter. Trump. But I am saying you need to get it somewhere. And it happens that I work in theaters all over the country. Nuclear war. Go to paulapoundstone.com and see when I'll be at a theater near you. Parallel parking. Learning to Talk to Trump. To the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and a paper and write them down. Today's phrase is You are not good luck at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And we're back with Michael McKeon. Wow, this is so great. And as you've heard, Michael, Paula needs a master class in auditioning. And we're so lucky to have you here with us tonight uh, to be her acting coach. And you'll get to be her scene partner as well. And so now, let's go to Outside the Actors Studio. I really need this job.
4: Oh, Lord, I need this job. I really need this job tonight.
2: Wow, no notes. I think we, we'll just use that uh, instead of replacing it. Perfect, Uh, Bonnie. Thank you.
0: Thank you. That was fantastic. No problem. I really (laughs) feel inspired now. Thank you. I think that's important prep. Um, uh, Michael, thank you so much for agreeing to coach me on Outside the Actors Studio. I've given you the sides.
2: Yes, yes.
0: All right, Adam, do you want to read the uh, the little... Yeah, I'll
2: get get us started. Um, Michael, you don't want to lead Paula in any warm-ups or anything?
1: No, no, I would
2: just give you one
1: uh, little piece of advice. Remember yeah. that everything you say is an action. It's not just a thing to say. You're not just saying things. You're doing things with the things you say, and you could break it down as small as you want. So just remember to be active. Every okay. everything you say is is also an action.
2: All right, you ready, Paula? Yeah. In an expansion of their brand, the Lifetime Network has begun to include sports coverage amidst their familiar women's programming. Andrew Chestnut and Annie Wheeler are up in the glass booth overlooking the ice rink at the SAP Center in San Jose, California, where they're about to do the color commentary for the 2023 Toyota U.S. Figure Skating Championships.
1: You look fantastic.
0: Thank you. So do you.
1: What? Oh, no, sorry. I was talking to myself. It's a thing I do, you know. <laughs> self-love. See? Now? We're, we're, we're about to start? Oh, no, not, not that. Oh, Although, I'm so nervous. I know Lifetime hired us on the strength of your show on Hoarders and my Learning to Trust talk show, but I just <laughs> can't help feeling we should know more about skating.
0: The network knows what they're doing. You're, you're a wonderful on-air personality. Oh. <laughs> you are really good on that show, by the way. Thank you. You really set a, a great example of, of keeping an open heart.
1: Well, it took a lot of work. And, oh.
0: Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, uh, the the, the <laughs> skaters are, are coming to the bench. Here it comes. And it's showtime. All, right, all right. Okay.
1: <clears throat> <sighs> Mm -hmm. Uh (coughs) Okay, good.
0: Here we go in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello and welcome to the Lifetime Network's first ever presentation of the 2023 Toyota U.S. Figure Skating Championships. I'm Annie Wheeler and beside me here is my co-host
1: tonight, Andrew Chestnut. And we are in the sky booth overlooking the ice rink at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. This, as I understand it, is one of the most important qualifying events for the 2026 Olympic figure skating team. So the stakes are high.
0: Pair skaters, Anastasia Smirnova, and Danilo Salantz. Sorry. Oh, Danilo difficult. Danilo Good. are taking their positions on the ice.
1: I don't like the way she's looking at him. That's
0: a beautiful yellow skating dress she's wearing. I bet she's got dozens like it shoved under her bed. Uh, Wait, (laughs) uh, aren't we supposed to have a rundown of the skaters' routines?
1: No, we do, we did. It was around a second ago. Is it on the chair under all those souvenir cups? Why'd you get all those souvenir cups? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I, I I don't see it. Uh, wait, did, did, did they just do something?
1: No, she was just skating around in a circle, waving her arms a second ago. The crowd sure is going nuts, though.
0: So much excitement here at the Toyota U.S. Figure Skating Championships. Hey, look, isn't that Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir in the NBC booth beside oh. us? N- knock on the glass yeah. and see if they're going to keep their souvenir cups. Well,
1: did they do something again? I guess so, but don't feel bad. Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir didn't see it either. Whoa, I saw that. He just lifted her into the air and spun around. Do you see how hard she landed on him? I don't think that was an accident. I mean, her, her pelvis just, bam, into her head.
0: What What is that move called?
1: <laughs> Abuse.
0: I love what they're doing here. She's kind of driving him backwards. Uh-uh, I've never seen that before. I have. It's wonderful how the fringe on his shirt flaps in the wind he's creating skating backwards.
1: My wife used to buy my underwear two sizes too big.
0: (laughs) Hey, her skates are just like
1: mine. I thought you said you didn't skate. I might. I, I hope our viewers are enjoying this amazing spectacle of pairs skating as much as we are, Annie. It reminds
0: me of when my parents would take us skating when I was a little girl. It was such a
1: happy time. I still have the ice rink admissions ticket. Jesus, the lower part of her leg is draped over his shoulder. Her skate blade must be in his back. Look, he's gasping for air, and she's smiling. That's a skating move, Andrew. I I think it's a
0: hanging henny. They're an amazing pair. I hope they'll sign my posters.
1: Oh. No, no, yes, I, I can see that now. I'm sorry, I think this is kind of triggering... I was, uh... I was happily married. I thought I was happily married for five years. It seemed like unlucky accidents at first. The garage door, the steering wheel, the fitted sheets. Oh, my God. He's kneeling, and she's standing with her ice skates on his crotch. What's that move called? The Bobbit? (laughs) And we'll be right back after this message. (laughs) Do
0: you want your commemorative program?
2: Take it. Cut! And thank you both, Paula. Thank you very much, uh, Michael. We might ask you to stay here and read with a couple of other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, should I have my agent call? Yeah. No, no, no. I, we'll,
1: we'll we'll find you. I think it's we'll, we will fix it in post.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, all right. Now, now, Michael, let's re-rack. And what no. notes do you have for Paula Poundstone in order to help this audition scene go better for her?
1: Uh, nothing. I she was. You know what she was doing? She was. Uh, we don't mind if we talk about you like you're not there, do you? Because no, God, it that's really for help. the best. No, she was uh, she was completely real, but she never forgot that she was on the TV or on the that she was in public. So it was really, you were taking a shot at being a pro, even though you didn't belong in the job, and even though your only point of reference is the stuff you keep under your bed. But you were still out, you were still looking for acceptance. I think, by, by contrast, my character's having a breakdown, he doesn't care who knows it. So you gave me something to play against, because you were very excited, you didn't understand what was going on, but you were a little ahead of me, and you were, being, you were, you were scoring above poor Andrew. Let me put it that way.
0: Do you think that the hoarding seemed real enough?
1: You know, it's something—it's a world I'm not terribly familiar with. I know that these things exist, these shows where— Well, let
0: me show you my room.
1: (laughs) Okay, no, no. I know what it's like to be a hoarder. I just don't know what the public perception of them is. You should right. see our Yes, we're we just gave away today we gave away about 50 books and about 50 D- D- DVDs. Wow. And we're there's we're still up to our asses in books and DVDs. So
2: Oh, but let me ask you this, Michael. Your character was so very much involved in his own past trauma. Is right. that a is that a clue for how Paula w- might take it? Cuz like this is her big shot too and to me it sounded like you were kind of ruining it.
1: I, I think the character of Annie uh, is above that, that she wouldn't clap back at him. There was even a note of concern in her voice, not just, look what I'm saddled with, but, man, this guy's really melting down. And I, I'm going to have to arrange for him to get a ride home. And I just assume not. <laughs> what you want is very important in any scene. Go after what you want. You know, I just wanted another chance with the wife. But, but here I am stuck, on, <laughs> stuck talking about skating.
0: All right. Is there a part of it we should do again? I don't know. Can we just start from I'm so nervous? Can I make a suggestion, Paula? Yes. yes. I
2: would love to see it from, whoa, I saw that. Um, and then you could do it all the way to the end from there. But I'd love to once again examine the interplay of Michael falling apart, needing his wife, and Paula trying to hold things together while at the same time having that compulsion for hoarding. All okay. right.
0: Ready?
1: Sure. Well,
2: well, I saw that.
1: He just lifted her into the air and spun around. Did you see how hard she landed on him? I don't think that was an accident. I mean, her pelvis just, bam, into his head. What
0: is that move called?
1: Abuse.
0: <laughs> I love what they're doing here. She's, she's kind of driving him backwards. I've never seen that before.
1: <laughs> I have.
0: It's wonderful how the fringe on his shirt flaps in the wind.
1: He's creating skating backwards. My wife used to buy my underwear two sizes too big.
0: (laughs) Hey, her her skates are just like mine.
1: I thought you said you didn't skate. Uh, I might. Well, I hope our viewers are enjoying this amazing spectacle of pairs skating as much as we are, Annie.
0: You know, it reminds me of when my parents would take us skating when I was a little girl. It was such a happy time. I still have
1: the ice rink admission tickets. Oh, Jesus. The lower part of her leg is draped over his shoulder. Her skate blade must be in his back. Look, at he's gasping for air, and she's smiling. That's a skating move, Andrew. (laughs) I
0: I think it's a hanging henny... uh, they're, they are an amazing pair. I, I, I hope they'll sign my posters.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. No, no. I can see that now. I'm sorry. This is kind of triggering. I was happily married. I thought I was happily married for five <laughs> years. It seemed like unlucky accidents at first. The garage door, the steering wheel, the fitted sheet. Oh, my God. He's kneeling and she's standing with her ice skates on his crotch. What's that move called? The Bobbit? Bobbit.
0: And we'll be right back
1: uh, after this message. Do you want your commemorative program? Save me a mug. <laughs> oh, that was that was great. Now I,
2: I felt like ma- ma- Michael. For you, was it just because you were doing it for a second time that you there was more desperation?
1: N- well, maybe. You know what? I just I did it a little more gradually. And uh, if you know we were to do it again, which we're not. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would probably I would probably ramp, ramped up to the moments a little bit better so that by that time it was about, the, about that temperature I thought that was good because it was more of a, rather than I'm you know, screaming the house down it was more like I'm falling apart in, I'm imploding rather than exploding and I think that was more interesting
2: and, and, Paula, were you getting something different for your character that time?
1: Well, just on the on the last thing,
0: I felt like uh, I didn't really transition very well, but I felt like instead of just covering up for him having a breakdown, I was a little more aware of it uh, mm. on, the, on the last, and we'll be right back. Um, Michael, what's the name of the director that you're giving my name to? <laughs> <laughs> and should I call her directly?
1: Well, you know what? I have your number now, Paula. Let me call you. <laughs> now, do you do you remember any of you remember? Or maybe you didn't see it at all. A reality show about twenty years ago called The Starlet. No. The Starlet was young actresses who come in and do scene where it's basically it's Big Brother, basically. And they, but they do scene work and they they think, and they're none of them are very good, but they're all very pretty. And and then uh, one of the judges and kind of the MC, kind of of the show, Faye Dunaway.
0: Wow. Yes.
1: And so when they would cut someone at the end of of each episode, she would say, "Don't call us, we'll call you." (laughs) (laughs)
5: Like like it was something.
1: Yeah. You know, you have to find it. It's it's a howling piece of crap, and it's it's just yeah, it was awesome.
2: And so I wonder I, why that came to mind just now, Michael. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much because I really believe that you helped Paula in her quest to stop losing parts to people who are Paula Poundstone types. Yeah. No, no, I, I, know, yeah. what you, I know what you mean. Yeah.
1: You know, the old thing, the old saying they used to say, it starts, who's Paula Poundstone? And then it's, get me Paula Poundstone. And then it's, get me a young Paula Poundstone. And then it's, who, <laughs> who, who's Paula Poundstone? Yeah. Now I only wow. put I only put your name in it to make it extra cruel. But that's I appreciate, you can hear that. I appreciate that, that. And the other thing that no one ever said, get me a young Walter Brennan. Nobody ever said that.
2: <laughs> because there was no such thing. Yeah, was there ever a young Walter nah, Brennan? Nah. Yeah. Not even in the Brennan household. Nope. He is a multi-talented actor, comedian, screenwriter, composer, singer, and musician, and we are Super grateful that he came on this show. Michael McKeon, everybody. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, Sigmund Freud once said, What? I didn't say that. We'll have a lot more of that coming up on Misquote Party (laughs) when we come back. Fun fact, J is the newest letter in the English alphabet, which at the final debate, the opposition called, quote, a mistake and a massive (laughs) ingustus. Thank you, Casey Bozell. Oh, you sound great. Make sure to check out Casey's podcast, Keep Classical Weird, wherever you get your pods. And also check out her website, CaseyBozell.com. That's Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, B-O-Z-E-L-L.com. And... Paula, as you might have divined by this point, we had so much fun for so long with Michael McKeon that we are going to have to push Miss Quote Party till next week. Uh, um. Oh, I'm sure you had something great. <laughs> you know what? I bet if Tony did it, we you wouldn't feel so sad because she's such an uplifting presence. Tony, you want to say that?
0: <laughs> no. uh, Tony, really good job tonight. Uh, Why do you keep saying that? She's great. I love Tony. I, okay. I miss her when she's not I here. I feel
2: like there's something else definitely going on here.
0: No, no there isn't. I, I just, in general, would like to be more upbeat.
2: Right, uh, but you're only being upbeat in reference to Tony and not to me or Bonnie.
0: Oh, my mistake. Bonnie, fantastic. Seems uh, so. Thank you. Okay, now Thank it's you, feeling
2: as personal as I think it is. Um,
0: uh, no, uh, Adam, th- th- thanks for being here. Uh, uh, <laughs> wait 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 wait! hold on hold on
2: that's 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 a different kind of thing, thing for no i'm here.
0: kidding i'm kidding adam really nice job and um huh. okay i don't know what i'd do without you adam oh
2: well i i think after tonight we've learned that you'd be just fine because tony really uh <laughs> well she's
0: she's she stepped up when you froze uh by the way how are you now are you kind of warming up a little bit?
2: I, I I'm fine. From from my end I didn't freeze no. at all. It just it was almost as though I was purposely pushed. <laughs> no. off. And you know what's funny? At first we thought
0: you were just ignoring us. Like we <laughs> yeah, yeah. We thought you were just like standing like a statue, but then you were, you know, not frozen. Um well Paula
2: Let me just tell our listeners if uh, you are musical and would like to be our house band on an upcoming show, or if you got some questions or comments, drop us a line at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. It just might show up in our mailbag. Hey, Paula, what's going on (laughs) here? What? 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 Oh,
0: wait. It might show up where, Adam?
2: After seeing you do all that effort to find the glockenspiel, <laughs> I can confidently say we have to move on. Hey, Paula, what's going on Adam, in your... Adam, pouncil- Adam what? where
0: might that show up? Those on comments? On our show. On our show. But specifically in what segment, do you think?
2: Oh, very well. Mailbag! addition <laughs> <laughs> to That was just sad. <laughs> Wow. All
0: right, do it again. Do it again. No, Say no, no, it again. No, no, no,
2: no. That, that felt like one of those Viagra ads. When the moment is right, will you be ready? And the answer here was no.
0: You know what I was thinking, Adam? Is that I might write in and see if I could be the house band.
2: Oh, you probably should. <laughs> Mailbag. Thank you. We'll call. Hey, uh, Paula Poundstone, what else is is going on in your Poundstone product empire this week?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Adam. My new albums, Cats, Cops, and Stuff, and Paula Poundstone Goes to College for One Night, are available wherever you stream your comedy. Plus, at the shop at paulapoundstone.com, you can find the official Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone hooded sweatshirt That's polypoundstone.com. Which is nice. It is nice. It's cozy. You know, on a cold night, there's nothing like sleeping in a hoodie. And where can we find
2: that? Polypoundstone.com. Are you kidding me? Hey everybody, remember to follow this on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods, it's free. And drop us a review for gosh sakes. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to know about, well, I already told you. That's nobody listens to Paula gmail.com. And that is our show. This show is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Lee Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Michael McKeon. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Ooh, it's, it's, it's. And thanks to our house band, Casey Bozo. Mm-hmm. This here show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Julie Berkubian. Edited by Vic Lowry. Starburns production by Landromo. Transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please
0: listen to me? Adam Adam Yeah Didn't you say Listen to our apple pie Isn't that what you said
2: (laughs) I I, 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 I might have been I'm a little hungry uh, Maybe
0: you said follow our apple pie Maybe that Or no I think you said follow us on apple pie Maybe that's what you said
2: Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Why are you bringing that up here in our I just thought
0: it was so funny. Follow us on apple pie. I love apple pie. I do, too. And I would gladly follow apple pie. It's these kind of little slip-ups, Adam, that are making us have Tony in the Arndyx circle.
2: (laughs) Wow. You see, now that's the feeling I've been getting all night. There's an all-about-Eve vibe happening. Um... No, I just...
0: Once you say, you know, once I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't be clearer. Remember to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts.
2: I slip up, Apple Pie. Yeah, I slipped up. So what? Everybody slips <laughs> Apple up. Apple
3: Podcast. Apple Podcast. God damn it, Tony! You're not
2: even part of this section.
0: <laughs> My God. Yeah. Remember to follow us on Apple Pie. <laughs> I, I didn't even say pie.
2: I just kind of stuttered, so I no, did it again. No, it was no.
0: It you said. Remember to follow us on Apple Pie.
2: I think um, the listeners will see know, that that didn't happen.
0: There's nothing worse than putting your podcast out in the window to cool, and <laughs> some young ruffian comes and steals it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy, and you really make us seem like a red, white, and blue kind of a show. I, yeah. I,
2: t- Tony, do you want to finish up the coda here with Paulo for me? <laughs>
0: Mom, dad, and Apple pod. <laughs> Apple podcast. Boy, she really enunciates.
2: Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: It's a good job. Uh, Bonnie, it's not it's you two. Jumping.
2: You're not even here.
4: <laughs> yeah, no. I'm not. I have nothing to say.
0: Watch out, Felber. Watch out, Felber. <laughs> <laughs> she he can hear those footsteps coming up behind him. You know? Yeah. yeah this yeah. is like... This is like one of those Olympic races where, you know, all it seems and all of a sudden somebody makes their
2: move, you know? Yeah. No, she's definitely making her move. Yeah. <laughs> Apple podcast.
0: <laughs> Rain in Spain. <laughs>
2: God damn it, Bonnie.
0: You're not here. <laughs> here. A podcast. <clears throat> a podcast
5: network.